Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Johnny's not feeling the glove. The butler's going to do it. And where the folk is Ben. Saffir spirit soar as just breathes back. Go boom. Fall down. On Australia bungle the bunglers. Again. This is the Gorilla Cricket Podcast. Welcome to the Gorilla Cricket Podcast, the weekly podcast from the world's leading independent cricket commentary provider, Gorilla Cricket. We're recording on the evening of Thursday, the 26th of September 2019, just hours after Essex completed the memorable double and secured their third championship title in three years, in the process sending the great Marcus Truscothic into retirement without a pennant to his name. I'm your host, Knuckle M. Pandey, and I'm joined by someone who watched it all unfold today, albeit from the Lord's Tavern, Roger McCann. Hello, Knuckle. Hello, Cricket. And someone who is remarkably calm for someone whose county just won two titles in five days, Jules Farman. Hey, cricket teaches you to be calm under pressure situations. Yeah, we couldn't not mention recent events at Edgbaston and Taunton, but we'll leave the 220 blast and the championship stuff to the experts. Luckily, we have a whole show full of them. For more matters, for more and all matters county cricket, subscribe to our dedicated county show, Gorillasha, expertly hosted by Tony Bishop. But here on the main show, we'll start with England's announcement to their 15-member squads to play five T20 internationals and two tests in New Zealand in October and November and the forcible removal of the wicket-keeping gloves from this man's hands. Johnny Best is smarter than the average besto Johnny Best has been this good since day care So all put on your wigs and let the crimson hair flow I want the Pope to give him his own large prayer Oh, he can hit the sixes Although it's so dark He'd even run a ten at Bradford Park Avenue No other Yorkshireman can compare I tell you Johnny Best is smarter than the average bear Yeah, plenty to unpick in those squads. Uh, At least one new test opener. Uh, The return of Ollie Pope, Saqib 
Mahmoud and uh, Matt Parkinson caught up to both squads. Arthur Rashid, white ball only, mowing, getting a rest. Uh, Tom Banton, uh, Pat Brown, Lewis Gregory, the return of Sam Billings. Uh, but we'll start with the thorny issue of the England test keeper. A change uh, for the man behind the stumps, but maybe not the change that a lot of people wanted. Hey, as a massive fan of Ben Fikes, it just it smacks of what happened with Foster in the early noughties. Why is this man not in the test squad? It is absolutely bizarre. What do you think, Rog? I wasn't surprised. I felt if they weren't going to use him this summer in the test, then I didn't expect to see him go on the uh, winter tour. And I didn't think that there was room for Bairstow either. I thought it was a fairly logical thing. I think the, the buzzword that it's one of sports happening buzzwords at the moment is this this idea of why Butler's ceiling what Butler offers you in terms of a match winner at six is something that folks can never produce and I, I, I think England have tried to accommodate all these keepers and I know the argument that's probably raged since Naughty versus um, Bob, Bob Taylor. Taylor and Alex Stewart versus Jack Russell you know I think that argument has generally been lost since the 1990s and, and Foster and Reid all had their little goes at it couldn't nail it down folks it's just the latest casualty of this this argument which is do you see what i'm saying and, and whereas, whereas butler is a perfectly adequate keeper not as good as folks and you know he may cost you one or two dismissals but but butler can take the game away with the bat and but he hasn't shown that this summer has butler that's the thing i'll say he Butler's hasn't, but not it's, it's his potential it's his, no I, I think joss butler's had a i quite quite a decent test summer by the standards of of a lot of the rest of the England players, and uh, you know that's not a great, a high standard as we, um, as we know, England have really struggled with the bat at times through the summer. But um, Butler made useful contributions in the in the fourth test in both innings, and I thought was very good at the oval. Um, I thought his his innings, and particularly in the first innings, um, to get England out of a bit of trouble. And his record since coming back into the Test team um, in May 2018. Um, it was for the, for the Pakistan test, wasn't it, um, in uh, the start of that summer. Um, and he's made some valuable contributions uh, to England throughout that series, through the India series, through the Sri Lanka series in, in particular, and a couple of 50s in the game that England won in the West Indies. And also the, the criticism that a lot of England players have had leveled at them is that they don't bat time, is that they don't show patience, that they can't adapt across formats. Joss Butler's batted 100-plus balls in test cricket more often than anyone in the world apart from Virat Kohli um, and I think certainly I, I agree with you Raj I think Johnny Bairstow you know again has a massively high ceiling but Bairstow looks like someone who needs to be away from test cricket for a little while Do you think there's an element of his health coming into this and then actually a bit of take care of Bairstow and just how he reacted over the summer throughout the World Cup and then into the Test Series. He wasn't quite the best, though, that we have seen before. And is there something going upstairs? And they've included him on the T20 squad, but are they just saying, look, give yourself a rest mentally from the longer format of the game? If so, I would hope that it's reset yourself and become one of England's five best batters because at his peak, he probably is. Yeah, agreed. And there was a, some conversation between the island and the first test at Edgebaston where they actually turned around to Bairstow and said, we want you to drop the gloves and open up for England. And he turned around and said, well, no, I actually want to keep wicket. Now, whether that's true or not, that was the rumour that was circulating around. It wouldn't be the first time with Johnny Bairstow that those sort of rumours have come about and been quite easily believable. 
And so I think it's actually understanding maybe for him himself to get to the grips of the fact that he is actually a batsman. He doesn't need to emulate any history or anything. He is a bloody good batsman and that's what he should be in England squad for. I don't think he's one of the best six, seven batsmen in England anymore. He's, he's, he's potentially England's greatest ever white ball batsman. But he's been in this test side now for seven years 69 tests, he averages 36, 37, which is fine. It's only 700s. It's fine. He's had a good run, but he has been overindulged in terms of batting where he wants to bat, kicking gloves where he wants to have the gloves. He's rarely played a match. He's, he's made hundreds when he, when, um, in a couple of dead rubbers recently, you know, pardon the cliche, but he made a great hundred in um, South Africa alongside Ben Stowe in the... And he and he was a, he what was at fourteen hundred runs in uh, twenty six the summer of twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen, he had a remarkable. That's a long time ago. He was averaging hundred in the county championship, but that's yeah. after he got dropped and came back, or rather got dropped, demonstrated that he was too good for county cricket, mm. and then came back into Test cricket. And he may have to do that again. I think Johnny Bairstow is well capable of, of doing that again. Um, I think the other one in you might have been about to mention, Rog, was the hundred in Sri Lanka. Mm. Uh, when he didn't have the glove, when yes. he had been dropped, when mm. he came back sort of visibly angry. But England had won the series by then. They, they were 2 0 up already, weren't they? Uh, they were. They yeah. were, but he was one of only a few batters on either side to score hundreds in, a very, difficult, in very difficult conditions. Fair enough, but I, I, I'm, I'm playing the. Maybe it, it, could, it could be harsh, but I, I just think he, he's had a good run and he well, could well come back. He's 29 years old, but he's, this, England's batting has been poor. And this top six, the order of the top six, it's time to actually get a get a, get a, a bit more ruthless about it. And I think that's what Ed Smith has done. And I, I'm a <laughs> maybe I'm just a yes man, but I, I'm pleased to I'm pleased to see. Well, I, I think it's I'm okay with it. So this leads me to the next yeah. thing: is the backup keeper now Ollie Pope? It is. Although the Ed Smith did say that they could fly Ben Folks out if necessary, which leads one to think that. I don't think there is a Lions tour scheduled at the same time as the New Zealand tour. It's a bit later in the uh, in the series, but one would imagine that folks would be on that and that folks would basically be on standby in case there was an injury. Because, well, partly, Ollie Pope is probably about the third best keeper at Surrey, let alone, uh, let alone England. Um, bringing a guy back in who is not a regular keeper seems to be setting him up for failure right at a time where England could be giving a guy with obvious talent who has demonstrated that he is still too good for the county championship and should be just allowed to develop as a middle-order test batter. And basically, Pope has taken what might have been Bairstow's slot and it looks like Pope's to lose from now on. Yeah, and I'm a little bit nervous that Pope might have been picked a season too early for England. I mean, he averaged 59.6 this year in the county championship, but he did have that injury at the start. He's not played, obviously, all the games as a result. I did watch him against Knotts this week. He literally goes at 106 before he got out. He looked like on the verge of going into England but I just worry that it's a little bit too early we should time will tell and we shall see but I, I, I think it's a little bit too early so when he was actually picked he was picked two years too early against yeah. against India also not picked in his in his usual position that was the first time he'd ever batted in the first 20 overs I've been thinking a lot about this about asking someone to do what they've never done before at a higher level of cricket than they've played before is a hell of an ask yeah, that that was 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, I believe in Pope. I'm, I'm a big fan. He's ready, and I can't wait to see him back in England colours. I think they'll bat at six in this case. Yeah, four, it was a bit early last year um, at four, but uh, he's, he's, huge, he's highly ready. Well, from what I've seen, again, it's been snippets, but you talk to people at Surrey, you talk to Mornay Morgan, people like Graham Ford. Um, I'm sorry, not Graham. Yeah, Graham. Excuse me. Uh, coaches, anyone. Mm-hmm. Any, Borthwick was talking overnight, Borth. The, the, it's Michael uh, DiVenuto is the yes, coach. Sorry. Yes, thank you. Um, that he just plays so straight. He's just so. He's just. He's just beautiful. And the, I like he. There was a, a moment yesterday when he uh, was slightly surprised by one off the length. It hit him on the splice, but it didn't go. To, it didn't go backward or square to the gully. So he wasn't in any danger. It spliced it in front because he middled it off the splice. You understand me? He's like so you know, laterally. He'd lined yeah, it up perfectly. Yeah, I just think he. He's, he He's got the. He's got it. He's he's um, he's like a mixture of. He's so dynamic in his movements. He gets forward. His head positions are brilliant. His stride into the ball. He has so much time. Yet he's so sort of twitchy and fast twitch fibers, like like Coley demonstrates. And uh, he's got a bit of root about his gait, but he's even more sort of compact than. Route. Well, I, 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 I can't. I, saw it. I can sing so- the, psalms the, about the, Pope. The, the, the county <laughs> championship, who are um, uh, who are very good actually about kind of showcasing what there is in the spectacular moments um, as anyone who's been following Joffrey Archer's career will know um, put together a compilation of Ollie Pope cover drives and a lot of people were I think not without foundation comparing his cover drive in terms of its incredible balance and in the way that he can play multiple different types of cover drive depending on the delivery and middle all of them to Ian Bell um, which obviously is high praise indeed uh, in terms of you know swoon and worthy cover drives I read an interview with him uh, this week where he was saying that he noticed after having nicked off a couple of times against India that um, you know there are no secrets on the county circuit there are no uh, e- these guys these guys who are, have been operating in county cricket these bowlers who have been operating in county cricket they're smart and they work things out very quickly and they pay attention teams have been bowling wider at him earlier they've been trying to do exactly what India had done and what he said was that you know if I am selective about which ones I leave it actually gives me more scoring opportunities because certainly at county level at least and whether this is replicated at international level remains to be seen but if they get it wrong in terms of the length if they get it too short I, I love cutting the ball if they get it too full I love driving the ball but as long as I restrict as long as my shot selection is good and my, I back myself to be able to select which ones to leave and I thought that that showed A, it, it it's I think a, just a general sort of maturity and a general sense that he thought about his game, um, which is very, very impressive in one so young and one so relatively inexperienced at, at county level. And, you know, you mentioned that 100 he's got this week. He's also got a double ton um, this year and he, he scores big. He averages, uh, you take out his England career and he averages 70 in first class cricket. Mm. Um it's, it's hard to argue that he didn't deserve a go. Um, similarly, the man who they brought in at the top of the order, Dominic Sibley, looks like he's going to be England's opener for the for the winter, at least, alongside uh, his former Surrey teammate, uh, Rory Burns. Breakthrough year for Dom Sibley. Um, not a surprise, but, um, you know, I think a welcome call-up. Yeah, there's lots of rumours about him coming in during the Ashes series. I think it's good that it actually he didn't come in during that. Start him off afresh, start him off in a new sort of role out in New Zealand let's see how it goes good luck to him he deserves to be there yeah he's yeah he's earned it and uh, interesting that he started at Surrey as well with a, 
a big precocious double hundred at the Oval too, and um, he's from that. Uh, but he but showed the maturity to move away to further his ambitions to get regular. Yeah, games uh, mu- much to sorry chagrin. Alex Stewart was made a remarkably bitter statement at the time. The sorry director of cricket, basically saying, you know, we bent over backwards for for Dom Sibley. You know, there are no guarantees. You know, so I guess you'd expect that of someone as you know obviously no nonsense as Alex Stewart, but. Dom Sibley recognised that if he wanted to push his career forward, he was going to have to get more opportunities to bat, get more opportunities to bat in the top order where it's difficult. And he's made... Um, he's made get, out, get out of a comfortable situation. Well, quite, That's a very brave uh, thing to do for a young, yeah, young yeah. man. You, you know. know, he could have, for a long time, you know, batted behind, you know, he was, you know, oh, Sanger will score the runs and I can come in and come in when the batters are tied and, you know, come off the back of them being rattled by Morning Morkel. Mm. But he's gone to a, frankly, not very good Warwickshire team yeah. and been the standout batter in the county championship this year. It's a bit like the legacy of Sangakara, really, isn't it? When you think about it with Pope, with Sibley, with Burns. Yeah, for it sure. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, how can one not learn from a from a uh, from a player of that class? And um, and I heard I've heard Sangakara talk in very approving terms about about Rory Burns in particular. Um, Sibley is another one who um, can look a bit weird at the crease. He has a slightly um, non-orthodox technique. Mm. But what is what is impressive and what uh, Ashley Giles uh, made a point of uh, mentioning is the fact that it's not only that he's scored about. Two or three hundred more runs than anyone else in the county championship. He's also faced almost a thousand more deliveries than anyone else in the county championship, and that I think will make things a lot easier for England's new, probably more balanced middle order. Yeah, some of the stuff I heard, you know, um, the the Bairstow, but who couldn't get over the Bairstow dropping, saying that England lost the spine of their of their top order. I don't really agree. I think, well, yes, Burns. I, I think we should we all assume it'll be Burns, Sibley, Denley, Root. Stokes, Pope, Butler. Butler. That's the top seven, yeah. So that, okay, Burns and Denley quite quickly assume relatively senior roles. But if you've got Root, where Root wants to bat, and you've got, I think, Burns, okay. Well, Burns grew up very steep, on a very steep improvement this summer. And uh, and again, he has that, he's that, and Denley, you know, they're, they're, they've been around uh, the seat. You talk, you talk about Burns not being picked a comfortable year. Comfortable. Not being picked too early you know Rory Burns had to put together four or five years of consistent runs growing at the top of the order in the county championship um, before he was selected but actually that might have been helpful for him because he comes in really knowing his game and even when faced with a really difficult challenge overcoming the short ball barrage from Pat Cummins and so forth even though he got more and more and more of that as the series went on he found a way yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, again with Burns, he only is a bit of a muddy batsman to watch. You're not going to see classical stroke play like you would do. A little bit with Joe Denley, he brings that to the party. But Rory Burns can dig out an innings out of some very difficult conditions. I think of um, Lions bowling at Edgebaston. Mm-hmm. That was just vicious to watch. And yet it was ugly, but he dug it out and he got there. And actually massive respect for him for that. And I think that comes with the experience. Um, of playing at sort of top levels of county championship. Yeah, and, and you know, and for a long time, and you knowing your game, it's the it's the strategy that Australia used for a long time when their team was game was its strongest. You'd really have to batter the door down. It's it, you see this in India now. You have to be able to score fifth, high 50, 60 in yeah. in the Ranji Trophy for several years and perform on the on the India A tours. And if you're in a position to do that, and I know England have been so desperate for openers, they haven't really been in the position to do that. Um, 
and this is the other thing, actually, that if England do find a solid opening partnership in Burns and Sibley, it allows those guys like Zach Crawley, who's on the who's on the tour probably for for potential uh, rather than raw numbers, uh, to have that time in the county championship to know their game, uh, to be able to establish themselves and be able to be ready when their when their time does come. I'm going to say something a little bit controversial. We've got two Lancashire players. Yep. Division two. How's that going to translate into playing into Test cricket? Because there is a noticeable gap between Div two of the county championship and Div one. You've got Parkinson coming in. You've got Mahmood that's coming in. I'm just thinking, actually, how are they going to? Will do either it? of them actually play? Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, yeah, they are there. Maybe they're again a bit like Crawley. There's developmental picks. And there's a risk in that, you know, if, if injuries occur, um, you know, the likes, I think, just to go back to the batting for a second, the likes of Vince and North East might feel a bit put out that Crawley's there. But but in terms of Division 2, Mahmoud, I'd, I'm not too concerned. I think, again, it's they're, they're picked on potential. Parkinson has, when you're dealing with a leg spinner, you look at a guy's economy rate, you look at a guy, you know, you look at his, um, regardless, he's still, you know, he doesn't... He, I don't know his economy rate, but I'm assuming it's, it's, Mark it's Parkinson's first-class numbers are very, very solid. Yeah. Um, in terms of it. It's not just his economy rate, because that could be a little bit misleading. You know, you can... Um, but I think as your primary job as a, as a leg spinner is to take wickets, yeah. as, as I see it. And I think you have to be managed in that way. It's something that I think England haven't necessarily mm. done with Aldo Rashid mm. uh, very well. I think they potentially lost a really, really good... Uh, test bowler but it's something that Owen Morgan was able to unlock out of him in in the white ball stuff and you know and he's turned he's been able to allow Alvin Rashid to become a world class performer now you know we're way way Matt Parkinson's very very young Uh, he's even younger in leg spin years Uh, but his numbers are very solid they're a lot more solid than let's say Mason Crane Mm. um, who was who was picked again kind of as a developmental pick but then kind of as you say Things happened. Moeen's game completely fell apart in the, on that Ashes tour. Mason Crane ended up getting picked before he was ready, mm-hmm. and it kind of ruined him for a, for a little while. And he may never play international cricket again. Um, yeah. He's barely playing for Hampshire. But um, Matt Parkinson, he comes highly recommended. Everyone who has seen him bowl for for Lancashire and for the England Lions, uh, and also in 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 grade cricket where he's been coached by the likes of Stuart McGill who um, has been raving about him this week um, says that he's got a very solid game again he's there in case of an injury to Jack Leach and he's there because Arthur Rashid's only been given a white ball contract and hasn't been selected in the test squad and because Moen Ali's on this extended break um, you know possibly they could have gone for someone like Don Bess but um, yeah Bess was really ragging it this afternoon but of course at cider a bad but sure but 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 the fact that he was in the it's tough on Bess real fall from uh, dizzy heights and in fact you you bring up something interesting there then England have laid waste to a lot of young spinners over the last decade Simon and Kerrigan uh, yeah Borthwick yeah I mean again players being picked to do things they're not they're not doing. Scott yeah. Borthwick was a number three batter by the time he was picked. He wasn't. He wasn't a leg spinner at all. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Simon yeah. Kerrigan, I think, is one of the most appalling cases of mishandling we've seen. Yeah, yeah. Simon Kerrigan went from the best spinner in county cricket for uh, for the three years before he was picked. Yeah. Um, he might have coincided maybe the tail end of mushy, but um, but certainly the best English leg um, spinner in, in in county cricket to 
a laughing stock based on one spell, and he was never allowed a chance to to recover that in that game from that in that game. Um, look, I think Matt Parkinson and Saki Mahmood, um, I think both of them are there for the experience, and hopefully we'll see them in the T twenties. Um, I think that T twenty squad is really exciting. There's no Jason Roy. No Jason Roy. He's been rested, as has Joe Root, as has Ben Stokes, as has Joss Butler, as has Moen Ali. Uh, so certainly in terms of the top seven, it's pretty inexperienced. But that does mean that you can bring in Tom Banton, who I'm he- very, very excited to see uh, play international cricket. Um, I think a long-term opening partnership of Banton and Butler could be so much fun to watch for, for England. Uh, and they brought in cha- changes in the bowling uh, attack. People have... Uh, Saki Mahmood, Matt Parkinson has been brilliant in the blast. Pat Brown has been brilliant in the blast for the past couple of years. Lewis Gregory, Sam Billings is back and fit, which I think is uh, is great for him. And I think he's uh, never let England down. I think probably would have been the spare batter in the World Cup squad ahead of James Vince had he not been fit. Um, it's a really exciting squad, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do slightly question Billings just because he had that injury. Is he back to the full form? Is he sort of riding a little bit on his legacy? But hey, let's see what happens. He did score a couple of hundreds at Headingley. He did, yeah. He did put three in a row, didn't he? He managed three in a row. Yeah. Um, Interesting. He became the first ever, first player ever to score 100 in both innings at Headingley in a championship game, yeah. which is incredible, actually, if you think about it. Yeah. Only the second in first-class history behind Shea Hope. Yeah. But... I don't know about you, but I really like and really rate Sam Billings. Um, I'm not sure quite yet. I, I, I don't want to say want to say it like obviously a lot of the franchises like him, and he's. Um, but he, often they might utilize him at six and seven, and it's hard to see hard to see him do his thing, which I guess is going in at three and really taking charge of an innings. But this tour will give him that opportunity, and of course we've got to circle back to the other man in the squad. Johnny Verstow, who, yep. who with with all those uh, senior players missing out, he will immediately have to assume this really um, respo- like a senior leadership role for for all these guys, and and that maybe is something that yeah, will help them thrive and regain some of his mojo. Yeah, it looks like Sam Billings is going to be keeping, and Verstow is going to be in his role, kind of patrolling the boundary. Where, by the way, he's brilliant. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. and I think that's another thing that if Verstow does come back into Test cricket, England gain a really good fielder. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you don't sound too convinced well, I don't, by that. I think right? he's of more value to England in the field than he is behind the stump. Oh, certainly, but uh, he still needs to tighten up. The, he still needs to be able to bat better. Well, <laughs> sure. Keep out straight balls. Well, that, that, uh, sorry, yes, <laughs> I, that, I took that as a red. A red. Uh, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have done, but I, I sort of took that as red. Obviously, no, I, he has to be do, able to do his primary job. Of course, of course, of course. And and um, and Vince gets his go. Vince re- remains in the in the setup, which um, reassures me somewhat because I still think he has a lot to offer the England team. Um, and, and, and Mahmood and Parkinson, I suppose, have, have made their names more eye-catchingly in the T20 format. And, and the fact for them to, to balance in both squads uh, helps them acclimatise with the more senior squads. And uh, that's been a, I think that's been a positive thing that England have done well. You know, it didn't work out so much with Jason. But, they, but it's something that will, England uh, selectors will have been criticised for in the past, but now they they have people around the squad like Pope. Even last season when Pope was injured, you saw him. He remained on the England balcony. The, you know these guys, these peripheral guys, do stay in touch, and they're you hope they'll be allowed to thrive in their um, best formats, which you imagine for Mahmood and Parkinson, they will play 
uh, some part yep. international games yep. um, and um, yep. Pat Brown too and Pat Brown is very exciting leading wicket taker in the blast last year yeah. uh, very good this year again not quite as stellar but hugely important part he played in Worcestershire's uh, repeat of finals day and was brilliant in both the semi-final and the final yeah he, he's and he's like a um, like a, no, a novel cricketer and he's bringing things um, doing things with the ball that people haven't really seen certainly haven't seen an Englishman do before Maybe the likes of uh, AJ Ty and Benny Hoyler, these guys that have, that well, I'm sure there are some Indians you could name. Yeah, sure. I mean, so there's Siddharth Kaul in, right. in the IPL. He's got a superb knuckleball. Mm. But uh, yeah, Pat Brown's his knuckleball, his control of his off cutter, his control of every delivery that he uh, that he tries to bowl, and the fact he can his change up is very quick, and he will adjust depending on the conditions mm-hmm. whether he'll bowl. Um, the percentage of sort of slow balls he bowled. Yeah. Uh, finals day, that Edgbaston pitch was very sort of tacky, and he barely bowled a, mm. uh, a ball at full pace. Uh, yeah. But yeah, hugely exciting, and you know, good to see that um, at least the England selectors don't think that the blast is a complete waste of time, unlike some of the people higher up at the ECB. Um, uh, yeah, so they're kind of mixed in with some more experienced uh, cricketers. Chris Jordan, who's kind of the leader of that T20 attack now. The oh, Curran brothers, of course, of course. Sam Curran, of never played a T20, right, uh, right. and other Rashid, um, who yeah. all. Um, you know, a, a great guy from Parkinson to learn from. Actually, just quickly returning back to the discussion of the test squad, mm. uh, we talked about the wicket-keeping situation, we talked about the batting, but actually going back to the bowling, would you, would you have Sam Curran playing in that first test? I think I would. Yeah, then I, I, I complete the 11 with Curran, uh, Archer, Leach and Broad. And, yep, that yeah. would be pretty yeah. much yeah. what I go for. I think it's between Curran and Wokes for that um, sort of seat f- swing seam bowling all-rounder mm. um, slot. I think Chris Wokes is kind of an open invitation for Neil Wagner, frankly, given how much Wokes was exposed against the short ball uh, by Australia and by Australia in the seven, in the last Ashes uh, down under um, mm. as well. Um, you know, he's turned; he can be turned from a really, really useful player and someone who looks like he should be batting at six at times for for England into a kind of um, a kind of a walking wicket with those short balls and he's got to work that out um, if he's going to have a long term future because his batting is going to have is going to be an important part of what keeps him in this team yeah absolutely and the thing with Sam he is a blusterer he's an arrogant little sod at the crease but he will get you runs it might get might have a few ducks but he will get you runs and I think he's a bit more of a reliable source of getting those runs lower down the order than I say Wokes at this stage yeah I think so and with um you know, Sam Curran's almost a bit of a luxury bowler, but you can afford that in a in a good attack. Uh, you can just you can just let Sam Curran do what he does is that come in and sort of be that impact strike bowler um, with his ability to um, to swing the ball when no one else is swinging the ball. Are we, are we confident that Stokes will be bowling? You know, will be utilised to his full potential as a bowler. I think if he's, his, I think if he's fit, but do we know what the latest on that? Is? I don't have any latest. Well, we haven't got any latest on right. his. Um, on his shoulder, obviously, he was playing as a specialist bat a little yeah. bit higher at the order, at the oval. Um, in which case, there would be a ca- if Stokes can't bowl, then I would take Wokes in a, st- in a first eleven over over, over Sam Curran. I think so, just for control. Exper- experience, control, uh, and and maybe a, well, it would be a really tight one. I'd be fascinated. It'd be fascinating to see what England would go for. But yeah, uh, um, um, with two tests, that makes it even more mm. unlikely that Sakib. Uh, and uh, and Parkinson uh, will play, uh, but that's the that's the England squads. Uh, we've uh, oh the, sorry, the one little bit I should mention by the way. Um, well, partly other Rashid actually not getting a uh, not getting a Red Bull 
contract and seemingly um, it's been decided that he won't play anymore. Test cricket talks about whether he'll um, be at Yorkshire uh, and what his situation will be at Yorkshire um, kind of coming up. I've written about this um, this week. I'm not going to bang on about it too much. You can go read my piece if you want to, but I just your thoughts on that. And also um, Joe Denley uh, keeping his white ball contract and, uh, um, and making it into the England T20 squad where... I'm not sure I see an automatic way into him, into that, into that team for him. Uh, <laughs> where were we? So Rashid, Rashid is, is a curious one. I think Rashid is, it's a clear classic enigma. You know, he's he's going to be a, a coveted uh, franchise cricketer, isn't he? And and if you're the way his relationship was sort of broken down with Yorkshire and the fact that he's not, he's missed an entire English summer. Because it was so nice to see him, wasn't it, down in Sri Lanka with him and that 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 triple spin all attack. All three of them but took as during yeah. that series, but then obviously he's he got injured after yeah. basically during and after the World Cup, and so had to miss that season. Yeah, and, and and with him being such a star in the World Cup, that he's it looks just like more and more he's going to be pigeonholed, but whether by accident or his design or just the fates, that this is his future and. Um, and hence Parkinson and, and you know the, these rivals are rapidly um, on his coattails. Your Parkinson and Leach and Bess and these people and yeah, it, it's, it'll be a shame. We we certainly probably if that is it for Rashid, we didn't see enough of him playing tests, and that that will be a shame. But we did get at least we got a little shooting star of that of that fantastic that three nil away series, mm-hmm. which which was uh, and and we'll we'll see him representing England uh, in. You know the next global tournament, which England will be desperate to win, and England rack up as many trophies as they can, and Rashid will be integral to. Yeah, as much he'll be a, he'll be a massively important part of that. Of that true. Um, I just remember seeing Adil Rashid in uh, 2009 out in the West Indies when he was a very young spinner coming into the side, and I just hope they England don't do it with the three guys that are coming in now. You got you know you got Zach Crawley, you've got Parkinson, you've got Mahmood. You, you just think, please invest. You should learn from the mistakes that you've made and make sure you support your younger players coming in. And just quickly on Joe Denley, I love the fact that Joe Denley has kept a contract because you actually kind of think if you're a bit of a county cricketer that's done your time, you've tried to get your best by going to Middlesex, you've gone back to Kent and you've seen through the hours of playing lots of county cricket matches, which sometimes can be a bit dull, you can somehow break it in by a lot of fortune into the test squad and into really a one-day squad when there is not really many other options. And actually, you can do okay and sort of keep in there. So there is sort of hope and I think he represents hope. I'm not saying he's the best cricketer in the world, but I'm kind of glad he's there really because he gives your bang average county cricketer a little bit of hope that someday they can make a test or a one-day squad. Tell that to Liam Plunkett. <laughs> but uh, we'll, uh, we'll move on from, uh, from England to, uh, to matters in India, where India are about to take on South Africa in a, uh, a three-test series. Uh, but uh, the Indian camp has been uh, rocked uh, to some extent uh, this week. Uh, by an injury to the man who is rapidly uh, becoming their premier fast bowler. Another muddy bomber. Oh, you're bowling again, aren't you? Oh, I thought as much. A quote: mild stress fracture of the back. I wasn't aware there was such thing as a mild stress fracture. Uh, has kept Jasprit Bumrah out of the series. He's been replaced in the squad by Umesh Yadav. Uh, 
it's still a good attack that India put together and uh, with with Umesh and Shami and uh, and Ashan Sharma and of course the the spinners who we expect to uh, to be an important part of the series. But is just Preet Bumrah's injury enough to give South Africa hope? No. It's a short answer because you've got a very transitional South Africa side and a very strong India side on home turf. I'm backing in draw the way here. Uh, okay, well, uh, not just for uh, the sake of argument. I would, I wouldn't have gone straight. I wouldn't have buried them straight, like straight away, like you, Jill. That's pretty ruthless dispatching of the uh, <laughs> more ruthless than Boomer might have been. But um, yeah, because yeah, he's a he's a huge difference maker. Uh, yeah, okay, the, the attack is still great. Ishant and Umesh. I've never really. I know he got a 10 for recently against my beloved Wendy's, but I think with Dean Elgar and um, Markram, you, you know, that, that let's, let's hopefully see some opening batsmen flourish for once without, without the premier opening bowler in the world. Um, that's one of South Africa's strengths, lay a platform. And then I agree the rest of them are rather callow, but um, I'm certainly I'm not going to write them off. I think... And it's troubling. This I agree. This mild stress factor of the back surely has you, has mil- millions of Indians kind of trembling because it's, it's a really damage, a really worrying thing for a bowler to to go through, isn't and it? It's and it's the sort of thing that can keep happening. Hmm. Um, India have not been great over the last couple of years of managing long-term injuries. They lost rhythm on Sahar for a year and a half, probably. He's back in the squad now. May not. Um, may not actually play um, you know talking about wicketkeeper versus batter with gloves looks like he's lost his place to Risha Punt now long term Rhythm and Saha's one of the best pure glovemen uh, around but they lost him because of a miscommunication they, lo- they Bhuvneshwar Kumar was out of the team for a lot longer than he should have been because of miscommunication and, and mismanagement between various different parties and it will be tragic really and I um, and I own, I use that word only in the slight spirit of hyperbole uh, for uh, just breathe the boomer to be lost to the game for any length of time because of something similar because he is just so good and he just keeps improving at this incredibly rapid rate from what is already an incredibly high bar do they know how long he's actually out for at the moment don't know We've, all we know is that he's missing this test series You'd hate to see him become the next Shane Bond, wouldn't you? I mean, that's mm. that's the parallel that springs to mind. Or and some and some talented South Africans back in the day were was it Brett Schultz? Was I think he was done by with, with a stress fracture in the back. I yeah, think. we we've seen some Australian like, cricketers yeah. come back from similar mm. from long term injuries, but you know it took Pat Cummins six years. It took James Pattinson a long, Pattinson, long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we I think we heard I think it might have been Andrik Nokia saying that he was considering having the same uh, operation that Pattinson had. Uh, this sort of um, kind of experimental back procedure to try and sort those problems once and for all. Um, you know, a guy who had to miss the World Cup with a uh, for South Africa with a back injury is in this is in this squad. Uh, the opening partnership is is stronger, at least you can name it and establish it. India will be going in with their seventh opening uh, partnership in a year and a bit, um, probably in just since the start of the England series. Mm-hmm. They've got Temba Bavuma in the middle order now, given the vice captaincy. Yeah, they've, got Quinton, they've got Quinton mm-hmm. de Kock. They've still got an attack. They've mm-hmm. still got Philander. They've got Rabada. Still got Ngidi. Keshav Maharaj is a really good spin bowler. Yeah, India have got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> so no, when you list them all off, you the talent at their disposal, if if they can harness it, is uh, on on in home conditions as well. I know India, are, uh, but India it's, they still got pretty badly. 4-1 is 4-1 that they suffered in, in uh, yeah. England just, sure. just but 12 months th- ago. This, this series 
being in India and how badly South Africa got beaten mm. up in India last time yeah. uh, with uh, with um, Amla and AB de Villiers. Uh-huh. Boomerah is a miss, and it will put a little, little bit more uh, on the uh, on the other bowlers. But um, I think the the smart money is on Ashwin and Jadeja to take a whole heap more wickets and for it to be a very, very difficult tour for South Africa. But we'll see that how that unfolds. And uh, hopefully next week we'll be having uh, a real-life South African on the podcast. Uh, Daniel Gallen, we hope, will be, uh, will be calling in uh, to talk about uh, that, that series, which will have just started by the time we record our, uh, our next uh, episode. Uh, the final item for this week, uh, mentioned it at the top of the show, uh, Australia uh, yet again postponed a tour of Bangladesh. They've cancelled a couple uh, now, they were meant to be playing two tests as part of the World Test Championship, so meant to mitigate against all this moving around, uh, to an unspecified date in June-July 2020. Uh, the 220Is that were going to be happening next month have been moved to 2021, uh, ahead of that year's World uh, T20 uh, in, uh, in India. Again, an unspecified date. So, will this tour ever happen? Will Australia ever actually... Uh, tour Bangladesh or still less actually God forbid invite Bangladesh over to play in Australia and why do Australia keep doing this to Bangladesh but then you also look at your scheduling there by the ICC because I looked on the Australian um, the equivalent of the Foreign and Commonwealth Office website last night for Australians and travel to Bangladesh I like the fact they say this think seriously about whether you need to travel here due to high level of risk you know if you're telling no one else seems to have an issue touring Bangladesh yeah. I know England did a couple of years ago, well, but, that was, okay. but that seems to, those situations seem to have been resolved. But there's high, there was high security, and also I think the terrorist attacks that happened in Bangladesh were against Australian citizens. There's just a history there. Australia are just going to be more cautious, I think, than other countries. I, I, you know, I really do question, to some extent, a little bit of the ICC here. And actually, you know, you schedule these dates. If they can't do them for whatever reason, then work with um, your cricket boards to find alternative venues and actually you know to some extent put the pressure back on Australia and to Bangladesh to actually find pin down a date find a suitable location bang have it because you are going to have these situations I mean we are fortunate enough say fortunate our fingers crossed you know everything goes all right that we've actually got for the first time I think in four years starting tomorrow uh, Sri Lanka are going to be playing in Pakistan Mm -hmm. and you just hope that everything is going to go off all okay there'd be no issues and only time will tell. You know, you've got you've got Afghanistan now in your ranks. You're never going to play a tester or any form of international cricket in Afghanistan for a lot of years to come yet. So you find suitable alternatives. If you've got that situation with a country, find suitable alternatives and force, force that through. I actually put not the blame here on Australia. Actually, the ICC, start governing this a bit more. I wouldn't disagree with that. And it's a, it's a drum I've been banging pretty loudly at the ICC um, on them to actually act like a governing body or I guess restructure themselves to actually be a governing body rather than a private members club because it, it starts with it starts with that as well. The ICC as it's currently constituted doesn't have as much power as, as it should. Um, and you know I mentioned the fact this is part of the World Test Championship. These things are not supposed to be movable feasts. This is supposed to get away from this thing of bilateral series and, and two boards um, being able to decide things independently and screwing up the rest of the schedule because yeah. this might end up happening where this becomes um, a, a tour that can just keep getting postponed and keep getting postponed and they say oh we've got something else I'd rather be doing or we had this situation a couple of years ago when Australia were last in India the day before the first test match a completely different Australian team was playing a T20 series against Sri Lanka at home 
Um, but it just seems that while other countries are uh, able to tour Bangladesh, and yes, maybe with increased security, and uh, the Bangladesh Cricket Board have been very accommodating about that and been very open about the challenges that they've that they face. Uh, and yes, Australia. You're quite right to say that Australian citizens have been target have been targeted, and Australia have been. Uh, conscious of that for a little while they pulled their uh, their team out of the under 19 world cup when it was held in australia a few years ago but these th- you're you're right these things can be made to work and also though this there's no security mention of security concerns as to why these this particular series is being moved these two particular series is being moved. It's being shunted back. They haven't said anything they, uh, for uh, reasons. Yeah, for and, uh, and you have to. See, I think Jules made really fantastic point. You have to, um, with with great sympathy to these fears. And if the, if it's a foreign office diktat, then you know that does procure um, a special case. But you agree, you know, there's Dubai, Abu Dhabi are there. You know, Afghanistan playing India. You if you make it, if you're going to be serious about this championship. And these and the um, future programs thing then, and February is you know we're what are we, we're four or five months out from February to pull it at this stage. Well, is, uh, is and the T Twenty series is going to be next month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think you, if it is a security concern, then then fine and be honest about that. But there's been no mention of that. The, the last time that Australia were going to be uh, having Bangladesh over, they cancelled it because uh, because they. Because apparently none of the broadcasters were interested in picking it up. You know that it's not the broadcasters' right to decide who plays when. You put it on and make the broadcasters cover it and market it. Yeah, hundred percent. And that goes back to your point about ICC being a governing body, not really a private members' club, which seems to roll for money and not for the interests of the game. Well, quite. And seemingly every week on this podcast, we keep coming back to some part of that. The uh, it's been shown to sharp relief this week with the Rugby World Cup and some of the major upsets that have been happening uh, in that, the exploit of Uruguay, the exploit of Japan last time, and we're now hosting it, you know. And uh, again, you can mention FIFA and UEFA as well. You know, none of those organizations are free of their problems, but they've struck to themselves in a way that, to put it bluntly, they get richer when the game gets bigger. That's not the case with cricket at the moment. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. If anything, they're doing stuff to shrink the game further and further, and that's just not a position that you want to be in no. as a governing body. The, the, the structures of the game are set up in a way that means that people can make these decisions where uh, where it's in their interests to keep the game a, a closed shop. But um, So, yes, uh, the ICC have to take some responsibility, but I, I would still... There is a pattern of behaviour with Australia and Bangladesh that seems impossible to ignore. ICC need to step in and resolve it. They're the referee, or the they're, uh, no, they're the umpire. Let's keep it cricket related. They're the umpire. Get it sorted out. Speak to the two boards. Yeah, Jules has said it all. Jules, has, yeah, yeah. And uh, on that note, on uh, that note of calling the ICC to uh, do their jobs, uh, <laughs> we'll end uh, this week's podcast. Thank you very much to Jules Farman and to Roger McCann. Thank you to our producer. John Stone. You can get the podcast before anyone else by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash gorilla cricket. That'll get you early access to our podcast and to uh, Gorilla Show, which will be uh, returning soon. Uh, You can get our podcast on iTunes, on Acast, on Spotify, on Podbean. Please, if you are uh, listening to us on iTunes in particular, give us a five-star rating and a review and uh, share the podcast 
uh, with your friends. Uh, until next week, from everyone here at the Gorilla Cricket Podcast, it's goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks, English cricket season. Thanks, and well done to Essex. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.